Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Mad Max. In the year 1979, a wild, racist, anti-Semitic bastard came to prominence. Also, Mel Gibson's career started. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the bastard? Matt. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do robots pick up on those? I hope not. Hey, this is Matt. This is Luke. And you have entered our sci-fi... Sanctuary. Yes, yes. Um, today we're talking about 1979's Mad Max, the one not so many people have seen, I think. Yeah, I guess everyone just starts at Road Warrior. <laughs> yeah, have you... I, you've seen this before. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, what, what viewing for you is this? So, it's maybe my third viewing. Okay. I, I definitely watched it with my dad. Mm. Then, when I was going through my, like, late teens buying loads of sci-fi classic DVDs, I bought the trilogy. And then I watched it last night for this. Yeah, in America it was kind of weird. Uh, growing up in the 80s, The Road Warrior was a pretty big movie. Mm. Um, and, of course, Beyond Thunderdome was an actual, like, I guess, summer release when it came out, at the yeah. time it came out. But then, well, that's like the original taking an adult film franchise and putting out the PG one, like. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> uh, but with no toys. Oh, really? Yeah, director George Miller Can you apparently buy an is. Interceptor. No, you can't buy an interceptor. Um, oh. George Miller's always been very adverse to um, marketing this for stuff. But merchandising, yeah. The, uh, well, merchandising, yeah, thank you. Because like Fury Road was pretty huge, but I haven't seen like models of the trucks. Yeah, and stuff. I. I don't remember the name, but there was a company about 20 years ago that kind of um, gray area legal, le- illegally or legally put out some Mad Max toys, and they were very quick. I don't even know if they made it to the market, and they're very valuable. So you can find your own Interceptor, but you're going to pay a pretty penny for that one. There also was a video game a couple years back. Yeah? Oh, for, for Fury Road? It was, like, vaguely associated, but... Okay. I mean, that's that's almost like without saying, though, you get a video game if it's an action movie but these not, days. not so much these days, no. It was, uh, like, big for a while, and now it's too expensive. Well, at least Games you, cost as much as films now. Yeah, so. At least you're going to get the, the um, you smartphone get a mobile game. phone game. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get that if nothing else. Okay, maybe it had more than that. Anyway, the point was Road Warrior was a pretty popular movie, enough to make Beyond Thunderdome a big one. But um, And I remember as a kid, oh, the Australian title of Road Warrior's Mad Max... Two? That means there's a Mad Max one, which it, it was really confusing because um, this this movie was not particularly available. I'm sure if you were like a you know 30 year old hipster, you could go and find it. But when you were like 12 and you liked the Road Road Warrior, you, it was pretty hard to find this one. So right. I probably saw it in my late teens, early 20s. I, I don't remember if it was VHS or DVD when I first got to it. But yeah, it's it's a very different flavor. Yeah. Well. It's weird for this podcast, because the point my dad always makes 
until the sequels, Mad Max isn't really sci-fi. Like, it starts with, like, oh, a few years in the future. Mm. And it's vaguely apocalyptic, but only in the way that Australia just actually is. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Australians. (laughs) Like, most of Australia is just fucking wasteland. Yeah, yeah, which they actually do call the wasteland in the Mad Max movies. Yeah, and, Um, like, the start of this year, most of it was on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Not the wasteland, the place with trees are on fire. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh... That's what I like about this movie. Um, most movies, it's like it's like Road Warrior. Like things have already gone down, and everything sucks now. Um, or we watch it happen in the movie, like twenty twelve or something. It's pretty quick. Mm. This is a very slow burn apocalypse. Maybe unrealistically slow burn, as we're finding out now. Oh no, because this is pretty slow burn. Yeah, like in Japan, we're going. We're recording this podcast on April twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. They just shut down your subway, by the way. We're about to go to work <laughs> at our office where children will attend for lessons. Oh, the children aren't coming. It's not, the older children. Yeah, not it's like the, the real young ones. That's the stage we're at. The real young ones stay home. And next week we go online, but we're still going to the office? I yeah, guess. and private lessons still might come to the office. Yeah, yeah. So the, the very weird. I mean, it's weird. Usually we wouldn't even say this because it's not interesting, but now it's interesting, so. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the position where it's wild that we are going to the office today. <laughs> Um, you know, because Mad Max, I should just call him, he's not really mad at that point in the movie. Um, yeah, he, you know, he takes his family on holiday when things get weird and... <laughs> yeah, he has just, like, a nice house, there's plants, there's lawyers. <laughs> the lawyers not Lawyers are pretty wild, wacky. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is very British apocalypse. How so? A lot of British books and TV shows and movies, it's like this. It's like, life is kind of going on, but things are... I guess that's where I mentioned... Slowly and melancholy. But yeah, yeah the American horror, like, apocalypse movie is just bang, all or nothing. Yeah, when we were talking about um, the last episode of Picard I brought up, On the Beach, I think it actually referred to the COVID situation. But, <laughs> but yeah, On the Beach is, I guess, that that other British apocalypse in Australia. Yeah, 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 They got the radioactivity slowly coming, so they're living life while they can, and they know they're soon not going to be. Yeah, stuff like Day of the Triffids... Um, even some parts of War of the Worlds, tripods, how fast does rain the, of fire. How fast do the body snatchers come through? That's pretty slow as well, yeah. That, is that what's American, though, isn't it? I think that's American. Yeah, I'm just coming up with a, thinking that might be an American example. So, But, um, but yeah, Brit, the British stories, tend, maybe just for budgetary reasons, yeah. concentrate on just after the big apocalyptic event has happened, and it's just people trying to get on. Where this is just right in the middle of a very slow event. Yeah. Um, I know the Road Warrior explains in more detail here. It's like fuel is gone or something? Uh, That's Road Warrior. Yeah, 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 They they just don't really say say a whole lot. Exactly. So for audiences, when this film came out, it's just like, oh, I guess that's just life in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, bring it, yeah, like the not sci-fi. If you didn't pick up on the few years in the future, you might just be like, oh, it's it's a vehicular action movie. Yeah. Well, but like, Terminator 2 is set a few years in the future. It's got it, robots and no, stuff. No, 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 but the modern day stuff was set a few years in the future. So that doesn't necessarily make it sci-fi. Yeah, okay. Because, you know, plenty. stuff doesn't change that much in a few years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are going to change a lot in this few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll say. I'm not so sure about that now. Um, we'll see. That's, you know, we might listen to this in two years and be like, wow, we were tripped out. Or, oh, damn. Listen to this and be like, oh, I miss Luke when he was alive. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, before before that happens, I guess I'll tell you the tale of Mad Max, which isn't too long. It's an it's a eighty eight minute movie in the uh, uncut version, I think. <laughs> right. Yowza, yowza, the Knight Rider is on the vehicular prow on the edges of an increasingly dystopian Aussie civilization. The main force patrol, or MFP, is trying to chase down folks like this, but they mostly come across like the keystone cops of a formal penal colony. Enter MFP Madman, Max Rakatansky. Did I say that right? Rakatansky. Max! He intros slowly, drives like the wind, and managed to make the Knight Rider's eyes pop out. Yeah, the Knight Rider was a bit of a prick, but he was the member of a gang of ruthless motorcycle hedonists led by the truly creepy Toe Cutter. After Max and his partner Goose arrest the Toe Cutter's protege, Johnny the Boy, after a small town rending rape fest, the Toe Cutter is pissed. Johnny gets the get-out-of-jail-free card from the lawyers as no one shows up to his trial and the toe cutter manages to burn Goose to a crisp after a series of strange auto accidents. Max becomes disillusioned and quits the MFP. It's all holiday trekking fun for Max, his wife, and their infant son as they bounce along the Australian coastline but they accidentally end up holidaying in the same town that the Toe Cutter and his gang are holidaying in as well. Holiday becomes a weak word as the Toe Cutter's gang begins to track down Max's family and then murders them. Max might be pissed, he might be crazy, but he is mad. Going rogue cop, he puts his leathers back on and rolls away with the MFP's kick-ass Black Interceptor Action Mobile. And action does ensue as Max runs over many members of the Toe Cutter's gang, gets his own arm run over and his shin shotgunned, but still manages to wreak some cold-blooded revenge. Guess it's off to the wasteland in the Interceptor to wait out for the Road Warrior and Fury Road. Beyond Thunderdome, only if you're a hammered drunk or a hardcore Tina Turner fan. Max Rakatonsky, Rakatonsky-tons. The end of your summary there just gave me flashbacks. I think my dad actually is a huge Tina Turner fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's why a lot of Mad Max got washed in our we house. We don't need a hero. <laughs> I was going to hold that in until we did that one, but it came out. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember, like, wait, yeah, my dad did really like Tina Turner. Maybe <laughs> That's why we watched a lot of Mad Max films. What's his take on Ike? Who's Ike? Ike Turner. Did she have, like, a son who also did musics? Oh, my. You're not a massive Tina Turner fan. No. no I think my dad. I didn't say me. It was Ike and Tina Turner. And, uh, ain't no mountain high enough, but Ike was, like, slapping her around. Oh, so, dear. Yeah. Speaking so, of which, so, this film stars Mel Gibson. <laughs> 
He smacks people around with words, though, does he? He, actually... uh, he also beat his wife. Oh, okay, did that too. He did, he did, like, all the bad shit you can think of a Hollywood celebrity doing, he did. Right. He's, like, the worst man alive. <laughs> and he got to come back to Hollywood because he took a few years off. Is he in Hollywood now or not? Yeah, well, no he... one's in Hollywood at the moment. Well, no. Yeah, but he, like, he won an Oscar, like, two years ago. As a director. No one had to see his face until he came for the Oscar. What? You directed this? Yeah, yeah. I remember, like, people were pretty shocked that he directed a couple of these films. <laughs> But like, he's getting to make films. He's getting this money thrown at him. Long, he's a shit. As long as he doesn't get in front of the camera. Now, in front of the camera here, he is like that, you know, one in a million accidental movie star. Um, yeah. Reprehensible or not, he, you know, he definitely has staked his claim as a movie star. And here it's coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Until this shit came out. I love Mel Gibson. Because, like, Lethal Weapon, Mad Max's, presumably others. <laughs> I liked Mel Gibson films. Signs. <laughs> I love science. Oh, yeah, science is fine. <laughs> <laughs> that that garners debate with a lot of people, though. <laughs> Although, that, those shared signs is fine. Yeah, I mean, the first time. It's a pretty crap film on repeat viewings. <laughs> <laughs> the other accidental movie star here, I guess, never really quite became a movie star. In fact, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the toe cutter on this one. Okay. And I should have probably looked Has he done it. other stuff? Cause I, he was I the villain like... in Fury Road. Well, he was... Seriously? That's the same actor. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, he plays a toe cutter here, and he's the villain. And, and um, oh, God, what's the name? All I can think of is Immorton and Joe, but that's... Uh, oh, it is Immorton. Immorton Joe. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just always remember, mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's really good, but yeah. I just know about these two movies, and he's, like, fantastic in them. I mean, I wrote somewhere um, while I was watching this set... This is a little creepier than Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't... You can sort of go along for the ride with Heath Ledger's Joker and enjoy it, right? Whereas you can never be on the toe cutter's side. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just awful. <laughs> You'd have to be pretty psycho to go with the Joker. But yes, yes, uh, the toe cutter is a few loops. I mean, not IRL, but people enjoy watching the Joker. He's... Oh, right. He's a bit of like an icon online, right? Yeah, we're just this guy on screen. He's, I mean, again, fantastic acting, but you're just, oh, you're like, whenever he shows up on screen, it's like, oh, crap. Like, I think there's scenes where there's a few gang members. Okay, maybe this won't, you know, this won't um, escalate too much. And then you see the toe cutter's face, and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> we're in for some wrongness. Did you, did you snag a name for us? Yeah, um... It's really weird that Hugh Keysburn. Okay. Film-wise, he did the Mad Maxes and a bunch of stuff you haven't heard of. That's the point. TV-wise, he's in Farscape. Oh, okay. There's another reason you got to watch that. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who this character is, though. Grunchulk. Well, I mean, they're ha- you're usually under quite a bit of makeup. Yeah, I, I suspect it was a puppet <laughs> and he did a voice, but I'm going to look him up anyway. <laughs> but I think he's one of the better villains on in cinema. He's great in this. He's really good. Like, if he wasn't this good, Mad Max, this movie Mad Max, would probably not take off as well as it did. Yeah, no, no. Because the thing is, Max isn't that interesting a hero. No, he's not supposed to be. He's a normal guy that with a normal, relatively normal wife. I mean, he's a... He's I mean, this... the world he lives in is not normal. But yeah, he's basically just a good cop. Wife plays the sax. That was weird. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. It's just, yeah. That's okay. No, he, he is playing exactly the kind of character you think he'd play in Farscape. Righty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit. He's not a puppet, though. He's just no. got makeup. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he's playing the character you expect the actors to play, not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. But, um... 
Yeah, Max isn't that interesting. That's where that's where the the Gibson charm comes through, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not given a lot to do. What he's given to is usually like look cool as shit. But yeah. <laughs> although, why is it that in all these films where like the family man loses his family and goes on a rampage, his family life looks really boring? <laughs> sits around watching his wife play sax and like <laughs> maybe he's really into jazz. Hanging out on a farm. <laughs> Look like fun. I was, yeah, their holiday looked like something I'd run off yeah, and do. Nice enough, Hopefully, not running from an insane motorcycle gang, but uh. yeah, <laughs> probably people probably do pay for those kind of holidays too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, but oh, his intro. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of the better intros in they film history. Really too. build him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like working on his car, you never see his face. And like... I guess the idea is he's just like pretty far down the road. Yeah. Because otherwise, he just looks like a cock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let these guys try to figure out. When they screw up, I'll come in. Yeah, I don't come in until they need me, because I want to be the one who looks cool. I'm make an entrance. Yeah. And then, like, the, um, like, the goose is okay. He seems pretty cool. But, like, all the other cops we see are just, like, the bumbling idiots you see in a Bond film or whatever. No, I wrote, what, uh, well, in my summary, yeah, yeah, I was, like, Keystone Cops and, you know, dystopian Aussie civilization. But, yeah, the, the addition of... Australian accents because I don't really watch any Australian TV or film right I just only ever hear an Australian accent in like a comedy setting oh that's I really can't take them seriously that's the other reason um, this movie didn't really take grasp in America in the 80s or 90s because actually I think it did okay in Japan for example okay Um, they redubbed it badly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's like real bad because it's not even in a different language just I know like the accent and it's not a thick accent I mean no one in this film a is couple, like a couple of the guys at the start have like that's what I'm saying they have like a comedy Australian accent but for the most part I wasn't noticing it it's not incomprehensible like yeah it's not incomprehensible but yeah they redubbed everything so everyone is talking like this in the one that you got in America for 20 years it's, you know paging Mr. Herman fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> so that was the other thing kind of um putting a, a nail in this one. And that's why it was a road warrior, because they are like, uh, let's just pretend there wasn't one before this. Is it not even called Mad Max the Road Warrior? I think it's just the road warrior in the States. Huh. I mean, maybe if you get a, a box set now, it says Mad Max the Road yeah, Warrior. Yeah, I'm fairly sure I've always seen it as Mad Max. No, it was released warrior. in America just as The Road Warrior. Uh, again, I remember being very confused when I found out the Australian title was Mad Max 2. Right. I hope Mad Max 2 had, had as good a title card as this one did. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Max. Look, you know, in the full-on Judas <laughs> Priest heavy metal. Yeah, sorry. We were saying the same thing in different ways there. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of an example whereas you know music better than I do <laughs> yeah oh oh, with the Keystone Cops too um, uh, you'd have to be super Jesus to make that shotgun blast work and, and super Jesus wouldn't shoot a shotgun they're coming he's trying to like shoot a guy off a car from another car with a no sh- he's on like the exit ramp and yeah. the other car's like on the highway and he's like trying to shoot a shotgun yeah, yeah how yeah. is that ever going to work <laughs> It's like like 50 meters, 100 meters away. It's a shotgun. I mean, you know, a sniper rifle, it still wouldn't work, but at least, it, you know, it might make a little more sense. <laughs> Shotguns don't work the way they do in video games, where they only work like three meters away. But still, they I mean, do they have, do, like, it is a wide field, right? Yeah, so. but maybe from trying to hit a car from a distance, that's better, right? Because you're not good. You, you can't a make flat. a shot. You're, you make a dent or two with like some you extra flak on the hit side. The tires, right? Yeah, I guess you could. Okay, good point. Ma- okay, I, just, I think that's why police even have shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. So I just, well, I, I still want to talk about Super Jesus anyway. So yeah, who the fuck is Super Jesus? He's the guy that would have 
made that shotgun shot okay. work. <laughs> I wasn't sure if this was a reference. I wasn't gay. <laughs> no, no. I'm just like, I'm just trying to make him build him up a little bit. Okay. Um, I think we basically said all about Gibbs when we wanted to. Uh, we probably need to say more about the toe cutter, but I don't know what to. Uh, anyone? We talk, Goose. Yes, Goose is fine. I like the uh, the police chief. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially... <laughs> so between this and Fifth Element, I discovered that my favorite look for a man is shirtless but tie. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, I wrote scarf. I thought it was a oh, scarf. Oh, yeah, more of a scarf on him, but he's fucking huge, so it looks like... I was slightly him. disappointed, though, because that was in his apartment, right? Right. He doesn't walk around the office like that. In my memory, he was doing that in the office, <laughs> which I was, like, disappointed. Like, if he's just like, oh, police chief, oh, I got no shirt on. That's what I... That's what I remembered and that's not what I got so slight disappointment but yeah it's almost like this isn't post-apocalyptic it's just like surreal art film where they're not bothering to obey the laws of reality <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't obey the laws of reality in the same way that reality never quite follows yeah, yeah, the laws yeah. of reality you know <laughs> I mean, great I mean yeah you show up to your police your police chief's apartment uh, unannounced huh? maybe he's going around Scarf shirtless. I can still yeah, think it's a water scarf. His plants. We have to water in his plants, right? We gotta look again if it's a scarf or a tie or I, I think it was more of a scarf. It's yeah. just, it was kinda of weird. He was a very broad man, so it didn't look big. Yeah, okay, because it was like kind of like a loose collar and then like a big poof bigger in a tie. Yeah. Cause I feel like maybe it, it was like a cravat. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Is that like, what you know, like the big frilly ties that Oh, you'd see on like Beethoven or whatever. Yeah, it's good. Max didn't come on another day when he was going full drag or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been him. He shows up and dudes like in a dress. But I'm like, recently I've been getting real strong urges to shave my beard and have a mustache again. <laughs> I want to look like that guy. <laughs> you don't? I do. Oh, you do, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm saying he made, he made the urge even stronger. No, I heard the actor was a, a TV actor, and he'd show up as the big guy he had hair. Right. And uh, he was either it's asked to change his look right, for this movie, so they wouldn't recognize him on TV, and he just shaved his head, and apparently he's been rocking that for the past uh, forty years. Yeah, that's a good look. <laughs> well, maybe it's the same happened to me, but you shave your hair, and they're like, ah, oh, it's not going back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be that. Um, Johnny the boy, I don't really feel like um, looking up the actor's name, but uh, he is in more than three scenes of this movie. I guess he's the most... Is he the most notable henchman? Uh, I mean, he's a soft no, henchman. The other one. What's the other one? Like Bubba? Oh, right. He's got like, more of a creepy vibe to him. It was like one of the fouls from that crap Doctor Who movie we did. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Johnny the boy, I guess he... he he's like the useless one. Right. He hasn't done... I mean, that's what he's doing with Goose. He's like... Like the gang, you gotta like pop someone for the gang right before you're really a member. Yeah. So that's what they're doing there, I assume. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Was like you're not in the gang until you blow up this dude. Okay, that's actors. Uh, the bigger actor here is probably the in quotation design, and I don't mean that as like a uh, as a slight, <laughs> but it's a weird design and one that's very worth getting into. Yeah. signed us up for this but the timeline didn't work out um project 88 88 scenes in back to the future too so while people were quarantining 
everyone took a scene and just filmed it how they could in and right. around their house with their own stuff. So we did it. Yeah, one, yes, exactly. <laughs> one, um, the time, the deadline wasn't, didn't quite work with us. And two, we weren't quarantined, I mean, in Japan, we just simply weren't quarantined, so it seemed a little disingenuous to do that. Yeah, we could have done whatever we wanted. Yeah, yeah, but, well, with, actually, some of the people went pretty far out doing this, but mm. the whole point being the design of this fan-made film is totally cobbled together. Um, you can find it online if you want to see what's, what's like. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, right? Um, this movie's future is totally cobbled together from, I mean, literally just from, like, things people had when they showed up. A lot of the gang members, I believe, just showed up with weird things they had. Okay. It works really well. Yeah. Well, because the real world is cobbled together. Yeah. <laughs> like, this film feels very real. <laughs> like, the cops have anesthetic, leather, and cool cars. And everything else is just what's left of this world. Including their base. Uh, I love the Hall of Justice, is it? Yeah. It's like looking very Justice League-y. It yeah. is totally falling apart inside and out with you know, yeah. letters dropping off the sign. It looks and like the a... super cheesy music. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually made a note about that. Um, where is the it? The music makes this film feel 20 years older than it actually is. Yeah, I know. Uh, sorry, I, I just got to find where I wrote that i love how shit the hall of justice theme is is what you wrote oh okay there we go <laughs> okay i didn't make a particularly uh, astute comment on that but yeah um and then later um uh, when matt when max first sees goose mm. it has some very like bernard herman stabs and like hitchcock shots i thought that was kind of cool um i mean that's oh, a, he sees him in the hospital after that, yeah, it's yeah. very Hitchcocky, and then when it shows him back at home, it yeah. keeps that up for a few minutes. It was like Vertigo or something, which I'm pretty sure is what they're doing. The music here is by Brian May. Not the Brian May from Flash Gordon. Not the one from Queen, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so He's done a lot of films, right, Brian May, the composer? What's his name? Here and there. I don't know. I'm just. I honestly. I, I. I think I went for quite a long time actually thinking that Brian May. I Queen definitely went for it for a little while. But yeah. No, there are two this, Brian Mays who do. And this one really likes Bernard Herrmann, and I can't. That's why it sounds twenty years too old. But it is kind of a dissonant, you know, like, like there is some lameness in his composition for that, which is, you noticed it. I noticed it. It worked. And then later, uh, Mad Max's revenge theme is a slightly beefed up version of that theme. So I thought that was kind of cool. It's still not. It still doesn't sound awesome, but it sounds more focused than the uh, the lame early one. So I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, he's just done loads of weird little sci-fis and horrors. Can you name a few? Okay, we got well, Mad Max 2. Freddy's Dead, the final chapter. Oh, yes. <laughs> one More Minute, The Survivor. Race for the Yankee Zephyr. Road Games. Ooh. First. Patrick. No, I think I just want to start watching the Nightmare on Elm Street films again from, from what you went Chuck through. Norris Missing in Action 2, The Beginning. <laughs> Mission in Action 2, The Beginning. That, that's, is that better than Breaking to Electric Boogaloo? I'm not, no, not quite. It doesn't have the rhyme, but it is. it definitely wins the uh, st uh, stupid title. Um, I mean, we got Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Mad Max movie names usually work. Oh, um... This isn't. This is a theory I've heard bandied about about the Mad Max movies. This is the only real Mad Max movie. Well, and the others are he's going mad. No, <laughs> I mean he goes mad at the end of this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, like angry or crazy? It's hard for an American to figure out which one they're going for, or both. Well, that's the point, right? Yeah. He's just mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, 
anyway, the idea is this is what actually happened. This is the it's I mean it's shot like realistically yeah. mostly because of budget. Um, but George Miller takes so much time setting up his action shots; it still looks good, even though they oh, yeah, 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 have yeah. He's a uh, master. Anyway, um, Road Warrior Beyond Thunderdome Fury Road are all legends told about this guy way later. Right. Which then it doesn't matter. Tom Hardy's Tom Max, and, and uh, of course, why not? It's a great choice. But <laughs> yeah, he's great in that. Because at the beginning of Fury Road, it's like, well, he's got the interceptor, but but this is after when it, when is this and yeah. it just and then the interceptor gets like screwed up in that movie so it's like it doesn't like it doesn't click you know right but that's how legends work like your awesome hero had this thing at a time he totally wouldn't you know so Wait, when does, was the does the interceptor get destroyed in one of the others uh, it gets destroyed in the road warrior okay I don't even think it's in Beyond Third Night Down you build another one something like that yeah <laughs> I think does he just drive a giant truck and and or is that well yeah, he we're gonna steals get, a giant truck in here. Right? I'm looking. I, I'm definitely getting. Well, I think it happens in another one too. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting very excited about watching other Mad Max movies again. I got very. I suddenly got very excited about watching this one again. So, yeah, which yeah. Is why I we're doing more Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we're living it. <laughs> well, we're living this one now. We haven't gotten a Road Warrior yet. Yeah, like, give us a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, he, that's. It. I think it's just deliberately that kind of. Yeah, it doesn't really matter how they fit together. Yeah. They're just films on their own, which I like. But it's the same director. It's the same aesthetic yeah. quality, so it doesn't matter that they make little tweaks. Like, Rotor is definitely more like punk rock than this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one has a touch of it, but uh, it's more, again, it's more like what they brought from home. So, um. Oh, yeah, weirdly, the only sort of leather look is the cops <laughs> in this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Road War, I think, has sort of like a Star Trek space kind of look for the, the people in the Enclave. And then just like hardcore punk rock weirdness for the uh, the, the baddies. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas here they just, it looks like a, what do they look like in this they one? They look a real gang. Yeah, okay, there you go. They look like a real <laughs> gang. give a shit. Yeah, some of them look like they just got out of college and some of them look like they've been doing it for a while. So yeah. I guess that works pretty well. Um Back to the Future's DeLorean, any Batmobile you choose, your favorite Fast and Furious car. Is the Interceptor the, the top dog of um, film cars? It's up there. Well, I mean, the Back to the Future ones are just normal cars. Yeah, it doesn't kick ass like the Interceptor. Uh, the yellow one's definitely not, but that's not the Interceptor. It doesn't have the same engine, does it? I mean, I like Transformers. Interceptor can't turn into a car, a robot. Okay, Interceptor cannot turn into a robot, but Mad Max does have, like, is, um, he gets his arm and um, leg screwed up in this movie, so he shows up with braces in the Road Warrior. Right. So that's a nice little continuity that you know they just show you and don't tell. Yeah. These movies are very good at doing that, even if the pieces don't quite fit. There's like a you know little you know like Hans Dice, but they're done much better in the Mad Max movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Hans Dice was done okay in Force Awakens, and then why did they make them a big thing in <laughs> Last Jedi? <laughs> And and the, but the whole thing is like you would have had to notice they were there in like and um the original Star Wars yeah so I almost said a New Hope I was like no I'm calling it Star Wars yeah <laughs> fuck them <laughs> fight the power <laughs> last Jedi's best one yeah, even yeah. with the weird obsession on the dice <laughs> I mean it's not a huge thing he just gives them to Leia but mm. maybe that's why the Interceptor is also like the coolest car because you can't get your own yeah. <laughs> You can get a Lego DeLorean or a, a Hot Wheel DeLorean if you want. Fast and Furious has the whole collection, but finding an Interceptor is hard. I think my favorite cinematic car is uh, the DeLorean from Ready Player One. <laughs> I, I, I almost punched you. <laughs> Did you sound like you saw my hand come up a little bit? 
I can't think of a better movie car. Because yeah. it's not the first one that comes to mind, but when it's on your screen, you're like, yes, it's that. It's dope as hell. I mean, I like Kit. But he's only a TV car. Kit's a little bit of a bitch, though. He talks. And think about, um, I think I wrote in here, uh, with, I made a Knight Rider little mention. Oh, I said, Knight Rider. I ripped that off for a theme song, a fuel-injected suicide machine. That doesn't have to do with Kit. There's another note about that. Anyway, now you all know that I um, ripped off the Knight Rider theme for our theme song. Um, <laughs> Interceptor is three ticks cooler than Kit. Michael Knight is a bitch compared to Max. <laughs> Oh, Gibson and Hasselhoff can have bitch, drunken rage parties together, though not in these COVID times. <laughs> I mean, it'd be good if they did and they just gave it to each other and died. <laughs> I just, uh, first, okay, Hasselhoff, first image in your mind. Him drunkenly talking about cheeseburgers. Yes, okay, that's, that's yeah. what I assumed. <laughs> I assumed it was, and then it's the SpongeBob movie. And then you get a smiling Michael Knight as your second yeah. thought. But uh, <laughs> yes, first thought is cheeseburgers video. See, I liked the remake of Knight Rider from a few years back. I never saw that. It has Bruce Campbell's son in. Yeah, and um, Knight Rider. Kit, um, Hasselhoff's in it like the first and last episode. He's in it briefly. Oh, okay. So it is in like it's part. It's it's world building. It's a it's the Knight Rider universe. Do you remember? <laughs> Car from Knight Rider. Car? Yeah, K A R R. It's oh. like the bad kit. Oh, okay, it's been a while. Yeah, he's voiced by Optimus Prime. Oh, that's cool. But okay. he comes back in the new one and he can turn into a robot. <laughs> Does he, is he still voiced by Optimus? Yes! yes! <laughs> <laughs> so there's an episode where Knight Rider just fights Optimus Prime, basically. <laughs> The other fun car one, which I, here, here, uh, this is, you know, this and Road Warrior are like hard R's. <laughs> uh, mask. I feel like that oh, was the yeah, a, attempt yeah, yeah. to sort of yeah, that was make Mad make Max for Mad the kids. Max I yeah. remember Mask. Those are cool toys. Did you come across the toys? They might have been a little... Yeah, we kind of got the toys in the UK, but I don't remember any of the cartoons or anything. I don't remember the cartoons. I think it ran for maybe a season. Yeah. Or maybe it's like a 10-season thing that people obsess over. Sorry, if that's yeah, the probably. case. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I'm going to have to see. <laughs> um, cars. Weird thrown-together stuff. We got to the gang. Oh, um, <laughs> Max's civilian transportation's fun. Well, his, like, pickup truck? His space van. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like his hippie van with the painting on the side. Yeah. I didn't notice the painting until right at the end in, like, the dramatic scene where his wife's about to die. No, I, I noticed like, it much minute, earlier than that. that. I noticed it much earlier than that. <laughs> did, did you ever drive a van like that? Um, no, but the band I played in in high school, um... The drummer had a big van. I think he still goes out and, like, redoes Volkswagens to take out his family. But it was this big, like, like kind of faded blue, you know, like, banging wagon. Shaggin' wagon. There we go. Yep. It had the, the back wind drop, you know, teardrop window in the back. Nice. I, I think I got my first kiss in the back of the van. <laughs> From the drummer? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it didn't. You know, have, he was like, driving. It didn't have like a wizard riding a surfboard for space. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't do the painting. So uh, um, he uh, maybe he listens to this. I don't know if if he's listening. You, you gotta you gotta paint your wagon, man. <laughs> paint your wagon red. <laughs> no, you gotta put like a wizard or a, a spaceship on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be done. Yeah, that's what you got. Oh, and then um, we also had a can of uh, good luck spam on the dashboard. Okay. I got some cans of spam in the cupboard just in case it all goes to hell. Yeah, we weren't worried about that in the early <laughs> 90s. It was just good luck spam for good luck. Well, the early 90s, you'd finally stopped worrying that the nukes were going to fall, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a few years just to screw around. It's great. 
I guess we're in a totally amusing situation to compare this apocalypse with things actually going weird. <laughs> um, one of the reasons I really want, I, I listen, and I'm, I listened to a podcast on Mad Max like not long ago. Like I had, you know, I knew it was somewhere on our list, but right. it, it came out maybe three weeks ago. That, that was the blank check podcast. I should name check them. Uh, I'm listening to it and it was clear that they had recorded theirs in February. Right. And I'm listening like two weeks. I'm like, this is, I mean, it, you know, it's fine. I'm like, this is totally irrelevant simply because it was recorded in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like changing a lot. Yeah, I mean, they could say snarky stuff about what would happen, but yeah, now things are changing and they, they are happening. So one thing is, uh, I guess it's pretty clear it's not a viral thing in the Mad Max. In the Road Warrior makes it clear it's a fuel thing. Right. Um, we have currently oil companies having to pay people to take their oil. Yeah. That's, that's weird. wild. <laughs> I'm sure the capitalist system's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The gas station, you know, still have to, they should pay us to fill up our tanks, man. <laughs> ridiculous. The oil companies can pay the, the, the uh, gas station attendants. We get our, we, they pay us to get the gas and they, and they just die and we start yeah, using other serving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we start, maybe we go oh, look no. at Tesla's notes again. Not the oil barons. Not Tesla the company, Tesla the dude. Okay, but sorry. Okay. No, I, when I say Tesla, I'm usually thinking of the dude. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, um, not Tesla, but Elon Musk, you've heard about his satellite thing going on, yeah? Or he's just flying them over and getting people to look at them? No, he's launched. I mean, I guess the idea is free internet for everyone or something, which I don't, yeah, whatever. That could be, but he's launching like literally like a couple thousand satellites. So if you're stargazing and they glance light off them, so it makes um, astronomy become quite difficult. Uh, stupid guy. Yeah. So I guess if you're just looking at the sky, you won't necessarily notice his stuff. But yeah, yeah astronomers yeah. are currently pissed with him. Uh, well, you yeah, know. They can go to Mars for them and look at stars as much as they want. Okay, so I guess we get free internet in the apocalypse. They yeah. don't have the internet in Mad Max. They, they're working on paper. And well, yeah, that's the whole the whole deal with this apocalypse is people should be pretty fucking furious with their governments, but we've got a lot of bread and circuses. Stay indoors and watching Netflix. Japanese seem to be actually getting somewhat pissed at, you know... Their government is real fucking slow to do anything. <laughs> we got the, um, you know, there's the Abenomics... Yeah. Uh, Prime Minister Abe's uh, economic plan. So his plan for dealing with uh, COVID at first is to send everyone two masks, which apparently are too small and kind of moldy sometimes. So uh, the Japanese have renamed it uh, Abe no mask. You know, mask of Prime mask Minister Abe. Abe no mask. <laughs> to sound like Abenomics, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I feel like his main plan is like, let's just see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm, is exactly what, like, Trump and Boris Johnson both tried to do. It's like, if we don't do anything, then we don't have to, like, piss off the insurance companies. Is that the only real way to do things, though? Just see how things go. I mean, short of, you know, sending... Short of martial law, there's some people who simply aren't going to stay home. We're not staying home because we're still supposed to go to work. I mean, should we make a stand out this uh, last week when we're I should... Just tell them what's what. And it's like, you're going to quit? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he kept saying that. And I'm like, okay, then, do it. <laughs> I will. Like, it's like, you still, okay, have a, it. you still got a job right now. I, I guess that's cool, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe we're all... I, I, I can't afford to take a stand. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe other, I should. Maybe I'm being a coward right yeah. now. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm in abandoned rice fields and the convenience stores. I know uh, Tokyo has now said, uh, "Don't go. Uh, only go to the supermarket every three days. Go go to work all five days of the week, but <laughs> only go to the supermarket every third day." So <laughs> I've been trying to not go too often, but I've only got tiny cupboard space, so I can't really stock up too much. Anyway, I guess my main point is in Mad Max, um, that is definitely not a feature of this. You can run wild and free in this apocalypse where yeah. uh, the the weird nails are being nailed that was a bad metaphor anyway the screws are being nailed down <laughs> but also the like these police are pretty fascist yeah it's sort of like we're seeing a bit of that in our apocalypse yes you know citizens return to your homes shit yeah like, i guess china and europe seems to have the most of that interestingly I yeah. haven't heard too much of that going on in America. Japan has none of that because technically they... That's the thing in Japan. They can ask, but they can't enforce anything yeah. because of post-World War II um, laws uh, put into their constitution. They'd have to change the constitution to tell people to actually enforce these things. Mm-hmm. A, lot of people are, a lot of people are going with it. Uh, obviously, some people aren't, but... <laughs> For the most part, people in Japan will do what they're told anyway, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, in Europe, uh, well, in the UK, I hear a lot of stories of police abusing their powers quite a lot because mm. they don't really understand what the law is any more than you do. Like, yeah, the the worst I've come across so far is some dude screaming at everyone in the uh, train station yesterday, and when he saw me coming through, he's like, ah, Kaijin! <laughs> but oh, he, he was yeah. yelling at everyone. I I don't know how long it took for the cops to show up for him. <laughs> That was weird. Yeah, that's pretty weird. I meant to mention that, but I guess we got on a different topic. I get a little bit of looks occasionally, but it's like, I've been in Japan three years. Like, well, I'm I, not bringing any viruses from abroad, don't worry. Most of the paths I walk now is, like I said, I'm in the convenience store, I'm where nobody is, or I'm walking down um, streets in the countryside where I typically tend to walk by the same people at the same time. Yeah. So most of the people seeing me probably know, at least recognize me. Yeah. They know that I've been around for a while. They know not to give me the receipt at a store because <laughs> they don't want it. I do stick my mask on when I go into doors and stuff, but when I'm wandering through the mountains on my own, it seems pretty pointless. Oh, one one thing I don't... I, maybe it's clear or maybe maybe I'm stupid, but I maybe it, it doesn't even matter. Did Max just go in and just, in his police uniform, and just steal the interceptor? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> I just wondered if he actually went got bothered to get reinstated and then went rogue. Well, he was never... Uninstated. He was on vacation. Oh right. So remember, he's like, "I'll take a few weeks off and then see if you still want to quit." Oh okay. Because so, yeah, it's like, well, I was just thinking if he came in, I was like, okay. I've decided to rejoin. Like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> a little compromise at this point, dude. <laughs> I, I don't think they give a shit. <laughs> no, I guess they're. It, it seemed like these guys had a lot of autonomy. They, he even says, like, as long as the paperwork's filled, you can do what you want. <laughs> they did build the car for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I was actually... Yeah, I assume he still had his keys and everything. Yeah, I was surprised how uh, long it took for him actually to get in that car. I wrote uh, on my second page, only two pages of notes because it's a 93-minute movie. Uh, 88 might have been that uh, American cut. <laughs> but uh, I wrote... There we go. Mel is just pissed he's still in a yellow car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He only has the Interceptor really for that last scene. Yeah. Oh, it's a series. It's like a montage. This yeah. movie ends with a montage. Yeah. <laughs> A very effective montage. I'm not slamming well, it, but... This movie, in five minutes, does what Saw took an entire film to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my... I wrote, um, Saw, part one. Because he's mad with two Ds. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we do... Oh, one thing we definitely need to talk about. Um, 
Let, let's go through the Fast and Furious lens and let's look at the auto action in this movie. You are first on this. Yeah, it's tense. But it, it, it's not like over the top most of the time. It's pretty reasonable car crashes. But um, Is it reasonable though when you think about the budget of this? <laughs> it's very well done. It's really well done. And if you look at... Uh, George Miller is a really good director. Um, you know, if you look at, like, say, uh, when the baby's almost run over near the beginning of the movie, yeah. like, uh, you know, if you look at the shots, the car and the baby's never in the same shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very smartly done. But yeah, yeah. It fucking works. So, well, at, at the end, when his wife and kid are killed, you don't see it. Right, that's a very effective. It's it's very Hitchcock And again, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of Hitchcock uh, coming through in here. Because this isn't, like, a deliberately schlocky, shocking film, right? Right. It's not like, ah, oh, we want to show a kid gets killed so you get fucked up. <laughs> they just want to give Max his motivation. So it's done subtly and in many ways more sadly. Yeah. Than if you'd seen them, like, turn into a red smear on the pavement. Yeah, I wrote, like, you know, it ain't going to bring him back, man, but interceptor murder is still a notable achievement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to murder people, I guess you might as well do it with that. Well, I mean, if you're going to murder people, probably murder these people. <laughs> and, um... I'm still talking, I guess, about George Miller. It's an auto action. It, Road Warrior. Road Warrior, I, I rewatched The Road Warrior after Fury Road, and the auto antics in Road Warrior are equal to Fury Road. Okay. They simply don't have the CGI bling around, so they're right. not like a sandstorm and stuff. But as far as the actual auto action goes in The Road Warrior, and, and Thunderdome for that last segment, there is good as Fury Road. He, he could always do this stuff. Yeah, 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 Here he's doing it with no budget. still pretty effective. So yeah, yeah. That's the, the only, the, really, the only place where you look at it and could tell there's no budget is some of the actors. Oh, yeah. The, uh, again, uh, kind of being fixed by the point that the key actors are really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's it. It's, this film is just Max and Toka as Will slamming against each other. Yeah. And everyone else doesn't really matter if they can act or not. Yeah. I think Goose, well, Goose comes here, but man, man, never have your nickname be Goose. Come yeah, on. right? <laughs> Goose is for the cooking. That was a few years back, Top Gun got shown on one of the British TV channels, right? And for the week preceding it, for the adverts, they were just, the advert just went, Goose dies, Goose dies, Goose dies! <laughs> I guess you don't have to worry about spoiling it, huh? Yeah, it's like the opposite. It's really fucking funny. Um, are you familiar with uh, George Miller's filmography? The movies he's directed? Only really the Maxes. Okay. Oh, gee whiz, I need to bring that up for you, which is what I'm currently doing, by the way. Yeah. This is going to trip you out. So, after Mad Max, mm-hmm. of course, Mad Max 2, The Road Warriors, his next film, he does a segment for Twilight Zone in the movie. I, I remember that. That makes sense. He does the uh, Shatner thing. The plane. I mean, it's not. Oh, the gravity on the wing. But in this, yes. yeah, he does that in 1983. More. Okay, so after he completes the Mad Max trilogy, The Witches of Eastwick with Jack Nicholson. Okay. That Midler is it? Huh? Then, Lorenzo's Oil. Okay. Okay. Now we're gonna get trippier. I've never heard of these at least. Oh, you're gonna hear. You're gonna have heard of his next three films that he made before Fury Road. Yeah. Just take a wild guess. What did he make before Fury Road? Okay, is it like a Disney Pixar thing or something wild? It's not Disney Pixar. Is it Shrek? <laughs> That's DreamWorks, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know what who made this. Okay, the three films. Uh, he so he makes Mad Max. He makes a couple drama. Oh, he makes a dramedy. Then he makes a drama. Then he makes Babe, Pig in the City. I think I did know that. Then he makes Happy Feet. I did know that. Have you seen Happy then Feet? Then he makes Happy Feet 2. Have you seen Happy Feet? 
Next film, Mad Max Fury Road. I haven't. I've heard it's good. Yeah, it goes fucking insane. No, he's a good director. (laughs) (laughs) No, if you watched Happy Feet, you would not be surprised that it's a George Miller film. Okay. I am a little surprised that he did Babe Too Big in the City, though. (laughs) He just took the paycheck on that one. (laughs) Did he just take the paycheck, though? I'm pretty sure he would have been like a producer and stuff, too. Okay, he's a director on that. Writer. I think he wrote it. <laughs> no, but what I mean is, I yes. can't imagine he was full of passion for Babe Two Pig in the City. Oh, oh, no, he wrote, he wrote, he did Babe Pig in the City. First. Yeah, ba- ba- Pig in the City. Oh, Pig in the City is the second one. Yeah, second one. Okay. The first one's just called Babe. But um, a lot, I, re- I think a lot of people consider that one better. I don't remember. Anyway, um, he wrote it, he directed it after doing Lorenzo's Oil, which was, I think, critically well acclaimed. I, I, it's a, definitely a name I've heard of. Which is of Eastwick. Didn't that win Oscars? Like acting Oscars or something? Like, I'm not sure. Again, yeah, there's a Angelica films, Houston or something? Those are both films which I hear about in good... Spoken about in good terms, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, Happy Feet, I think I did know that was George Miller. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's... Mad Max and Happy Feet, man. It's Well, weird. basically, it's like a penguin, but then he gets captured and put in a zoo, but it's treated like an alien abduction. Ah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, just very interesting career. Right? Yeah. What a guy. Just makes what he wants to make. proud of us that we've got on this far in the podcast and neither of us have tried to do an Australian accent yet. <laughs> I don't think I ever try and do Australian accents. I never try, but sometimes if I'm around other Australians, I do one by accident. Mel Gibson was born in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. He could He's... be president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be an improvement? <laughs> well, at the moment, we have got two people who have been accused of sexual assault are going to be going up against each other for the presidency. So <laughs> you might as well throw Mel Gibson in there. <laughs> Can't be any worse. <laughs> Surprise third party. Gibson. <laughs> the Gibson party. I named it after myself. Oh, no, that's the thing. It, it wouldn't be called the Gibson party. He'd win. And then he'd show off the inauguration and everyone would be like, oh, shit, it was Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> beard or no beard? Oh, very bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just screaming drunkenly for the inauguration. The beard goes all the way down and becomes his tie. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's like, it's and like he's not dyed. A shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's dyed red, white, and blue. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is the future. <laughs> that's not the Mad Max future, but that's the real future. That's the Something actual future bleak. coming. Or we'll just have another guy that's orange. I mean, the same guy that's orange, or, yeah. or the guy that's literally falling apart. Yeah, he put up a poster on it, from, officially from his campaign, the poster that said, his brain? No, his heart. <laughs> he doesn't have a brain, because he's a fucking idiot. Which one, is this Biden or Trump? It's Biden. Okay. <laughs> See, I mean, no. Because <laughs> Trump doesn't even need to put up posters. He's going to win already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking Biden is just doing the same campaign as Hillary. Nah, there'll be like four different countries by then. Oh, oh, there'll be four new presidents. <laughs> Man, I, sorry if I'm right about that one. <laughs> no, I do know... Um, it's like Reign of the Superman, but Trump will come back at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I know... This is just, you know, like, I guess a somewhat informal 
um, collaboration point, but it's like the Western States Coalition of like Washington, Oregon, and California. When does mm-hmm. how long does it take you? Know, maybe I want to become a country at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't sound realistic a few months ago, but now it does. Well, like the U.S. has always been a weird. It's kind of a country, but kind of not. Yeah, like the European Union, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, like. At this point, the European Union is more united than the United States are. Yeah, really. <laughs> Especially now that Britain's out the door, because they were the troublemaker. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, we'll see if the, the Mad Max future comes there. But it, it is a different future. I mean, you can't really fault the movie on, like, you know, getting it wrong in 1979. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's very interesting. It's very detailed. It's very well thought out here. But thought experience, uh, experiments can only go so far. I think what makes it stand up so well is that whatever vision of an apocalypse it does, its people ring very true. Mm. Even when they're wacky caricatures, the way it just has people just getting on with life. Yeah. And shit's falling apart around them, but people still go to the restaurant and eat lunch. People still hang out with their friends. People still live life. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, 2012 just has him and John Cusack and his family running from, like, falling ground. You know, that's that's the apocalypse. Just just running on a treadmill in front of a green screen and stuff happens vaguely. (laughs) (laughs) That's the same problem I have with, um, what do you call it? The fourth Indiana Jones. (laughs) Yeah, He just exists and stuff happens around him, but there's no, it's not connected. Whereas this is a movie of, like, traumatic events happening to people. (laughs) There's not an effect shot in this film. Stuff just happens on screen. Yeah. <laughs> Real stunts performed by dudes. Right. And that's part of why I like it, because it still looks good. Road Warrior even more so. Yeah. Well, and that's why Fury Road was such a revelation when it came out, because he's just still doing that. Yeah. Although he's done all the CG animation by that point, so he's bringing a little mm. bit of that. But Yeah, but he just uses it to add some flair around the edges. It's around the edges. It's not what's happening. At the same time, I still, in the end, I, I prefer the Road Warrior and this, even the ones here, just because they're like... They're too real. Yeah, <laughs> These yeah. people are actually driving this way. Oh, yeah, like, when you get to some of the crackers, I was thinking to myself, like, how the fuck do they do this without fucking someone up? <laughs> I think there's never been any notable injuries on George Miller's sets. Yeah, interesting. He what he's doing. He's good at what he does. Yeah, they, I mean, they definitely... He takes time to plot this stuff he out. He also, anytime I see, like, he seems like a really good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> I saw a quote where he... His wife edited uh, Fury Road. And she was like, oh, I've never edited an action movie. And he's like, yeah, that's why I want you to edit it. I don't want it to look like every other action movie. If I get a dude in, it will just look like an action movie. Yeah. I, I do hope... He's getting pretty old. I think he's like 80 or plus. Huh. So, uh, but I think he's... Is still he older than um, Trumbull from last week? He might be. Yeah, that's weird, right? <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's the right way around. Yeah. <laughs> but Trumbull is so young making it. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, George Miller was a. Uh, I, I, I think he had like a law degree or something. Yeah, he'd had like a different job, and then that explains why he's ripping into lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely the most. That, it felt like, you know, like Terry Gilliam or something, just for like five yeah, seconds yeah, when yeah. they like, showed up. did these guys come from? It's like they like, beamed in from Brazil. I mean, but the movie it's Brazil. Like, oh, I need this guy to be out of jail. I can't, uh, how? Lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> no Maybe. one showed up, he's gone. Get some idiots in suits, do a lawyer scene, go. <laughs> well, in America, they're like uh, just letting people out. Some probably don't need to be there at all, you know, they're like. I think the American prison system is fucked. They oh, yeah. Them out, like, but. yes, do let the people out that just have like a, you know, ounce of weed on them, but yeah. they're also letting out, you know, not letting out murderers, I think, but uh, they I, they did let Harvey Weinstein out of the prison he was in because he was. 
Hugh who knows Weinstein, where? spit in his mouth and punch him. <laughs> where, um, where is he now? Is he in another prison? Is he in house arrest? Did he just disappear? Maybe he's been Epstein'd. No, I'm just wondering if you're like, okay, off to just shut up and enjoy yourself over here. Night, right? Yeah. yeah. Prison. We, <laughs> if there's anyone you want to actually have the prison time, it's that dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was hoping he'd end up in a prison, fall down the stairs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think he's been uh, coroned out to somewhere else, and I don't know where that is. Yeah, yeah. But that's what happened. That's like yeah. the lawyers here, right? Same thing, right? So, yeah, the, the, this way even a little hard to watch. It's like too real now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really. It's a good movie. It's a real good movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we're stewing down on that, I suppose. And, and what's crazy about it? The action was only like in the last twenty minutes. Right. But it didn't feel like it didn't have action. And then Road Warrior just has, it's like big action scene at the beginning, big action scene at the end. Mm. Beyond Thunderdome was basically redo the action scene at the end, but make it twice as long. Right. And then Fury Road was make that action scene the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. the whole film is a car chase. I love it. <laughs> With that one little break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they stopped in the desert. But, but yeah, they have a car chase there and a car chase back and there's a break in the middle. But yeah, I mean, it's like, he re- I guess... You know, this came out, and people were like, wow, that last, those last ten minutes or five minutes even were so amazing. Okay, I'll extend that next one. Mm-hmm. Until you get to figure out, okay, it's the whole movie, whatever. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. I love it. Yeah. This, but it, there's films like the 2014 Godzilla, where all the action happens in the last ten minutes, but you feel like you're just waiting for that action. Yeah. Whereas here, I didn't mind all the other stuff. Mm. I guess for me... Um, like, I, I feel like Fury Road's a little overrated. It's not the best car action movie ever because that would be the road warrior <laughs> so but this one's underrated people don't yeah. think about this i think even now a lot of people familiar with max do not actually know this one exists well i think also for you you're thinking of fury road from the point of view of a guy who watches films like we watch films from 60s 70s 80s like people who just watch new films mm. fury road was a revelation no i love fury road you know yeah. five stars out of five i'm not i'm I'm walking carefully around that movie. I do love it. I just, I like these earlier ones a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you have to look at it within the context, right? Yeah. Nothing exists in a vacuum. Mm. Like, we haven't fucking talked about this one in a vacuum at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we probably pissed everyone off because they're sick of every podcast they listen to just banging on about COVID. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, only, well, this one does pertain to that because it's... Yeah, um, we're talking about a freaking post-apocalyptic movie. Yeah. So. Well, no, no. That's the not post. Well, that's yeah. in apocalyptic movie. Mid apocalyptic. Mid apocalyptic. That's that's why I like this one. It's like the only movie I can think of that shows you the mid apocalypse through the entire movie. Yeah. Either things need to go down at the beginning, or things go down at the end. There's just things are derailing. They're going off the tracks, and this is what happens. Yep. So, um, where do they find out what happens with us? You can go to twitter.com and look at MLSFS Pod. Uh, we're also on Facebook, search for Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. If you want to listen to podcasts on YouTube, like Some Kind of Pervert, you can search Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. <laughs> uh, and if you like the music you heard in between these segments, then you can find Matt's music at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. You can find out more about the Pokemon. 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 And Luke loves Pokemon. Luke's other one, which is different from this one in several ways. Although, we didn't... I don't think we were very explicit this week. No. No, I actually, yeah, I kept my language. I, I think I dropped one or two. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you could listen to Pokemon if you want. 
Yeah, go ahead, do it. There's yeah. people that like Mad Max and Pokemon. Nucleus Pokemon. I love I love Mad Max and I love Pokemon. So L L P K M N. No, it's Luke loves P K M N. Do what he said. <laughs> so I just can't string letters together. And when I was a kid in spelling bees, they'd be like, spell cat. I'd be like, S-A-T. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know how to spell it, but it's just saying it for some jumble. Yeah, there's a <laughs> disconnect in there. So, yeah, we did that. We did that. Um, we're we're going to get into our interceptor, raise our, our, our boot to your face and have you... Get the fuck out of our sci-fi sanctuary. Yeah. I didn't know if you I said... Thought, I thought, were you like, you're about to tell our audience to lick boots? Like, no, fight the power. Fuck the police. No, no, I thought we might boot them out of the Interceptor. I didn't okay. know if you say Sanctuary Interceptor. I'm fine with both, so... Okay. Uh, I, was, I was trying to give you, a, like, a visual cue. Also, for the listeners at home, Matt just, like, leaned back and actually lifted his foot up and it looked like he was about to try and... I don't know, fart at me or something. Like, <laughs> no, like I'm in the interceptor's driver's seat. And I'm like, you're out. <laughs> He's doing it again. It's bizarre. <laughs> Yeah.